Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, real quick. As I acclimate to new parenthood, I'm rerunning a series that originally aired on my podcast almost four years ago. It's a six-part How I Met Your Mother style series on how I met my husband, Stevie, beginning with my first boyfriend in sixth grade. I share with you the ups, the downs, and everything in between. For many years of my dating life, a healthy, long-term partnership felt so far away. So my goal with this series is to inspire you and to help you see that a relationship is possible for you too, no matter how far off it might feel right now. I hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast. All right, so let's move to part four of how I found love. And again, I said it before, and I'll say it again, if you haven't listened to parts one, two, or three, I highly, highly recommend you listen to those parts first. But if you really don't want to, that's okay. Just know that it's going to be like watching a standalone episode of Friends or How I Met Your Mother. You're going to kind of know what's going on, but you're not really going to get it because you haven't seen the other episodes yet. So it's kind of the same thing here. So to check out those other episodes, go to veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 81 for part one, or episode 82 for part two, or episode 83 for part three. And also wherever you're listening to this podcast, if it's on iTunes or Stitcher, just scroll down a few episodes and you will see the previous parts there as well. All right, so a quick recap for those of you who are going to stay with me for part four, just to give you a refresher in case it's been a while since you listened to part three. So previously in part three of how I found love, after hitting a low point, things in Charleston were beginning to look up. I loved my new city, I had a great job, and I quickly developed a great group of friends. And I dated someone for the first time that was respectful and actually wanted to be with me. 
And I found new confidence that allowed me to dodge a bullet from another guy. All right, so let's go on to part four, aka when Obama calls. So after almost two years in Charleston, even though I loved my friends, I loved the city of Charleston and the life that I had built really from the ground up. Remember, I had $3,000 in the bank when I moved to Charleston. It wasn't even my money. It was my leftover student loan money. Everything that I had built and created and the trips I'd gone on, it really started from scratch. I had did that. I had done that all myself with my own blood, sweat, and tears. And so again, like I said before earlier, or the last installment of the series, my job really was great, except there was just no room for growth. And when it did come to single Jewish guys, the pickings were slim. And I had a couple other relationships that were very brief that I didn't tell you here in this story, but they really didn't have a lot of significance. I don't want to bore you with every single gory detail. But overall, the pickings were slim. And so just a number of things all bunched together. I was just really itching to leave but I had no idea where to start. And I've said before, I I really wanted to be in a place like Chicago or DC or New York, just a place that had a large Jewish, a young Jewish population. But I didn't really have that many connections with people in the cities I was interested in living in. And I also really didn't know how to leverage the connections I did have to network and find a job in a brand new city. I just, I didn't know what to do. And I was, I was feeling really stuck. And it was, 2011 when I started getting the itch to wanting to leave. So it wasn't too long after the crash. The economy wasn't great, but it was slowly puttering along. So there weren't a bazillion jobs either. So it was still a situation where there was probably 50 or 100 people applying for the kind of jobs, you know, or per position for the kind of jobs that I was applying to. And then one day I had the worst migraine ever, like just a horrible, horrible migraine. I couldn't even drive home because it it was so much pain. I couldn't be outside in the sunlight like that. So I closed the door to my office and I turned the light off and I laid down on the floor to take a nap. And when I woke up, I had a missed call from Wilmington, North Carolina. So just a little geography lesson. Charleston is on the coast of South Carolina. It's on Highway 17. And if you drive up 17, gosh, I don't know, about a couple hours, you'll be in Wilmington, North Carolina. Now, even though I'm from Wilmington, North Carolina, Wilmington's actually good six or seven hours from Asheville. So I didn't know a soul from Wilmington. So I was very intrigued, like, who the hell would be calling me from Wilmington? And the person had left a message. And I couldn't exactly hear what he was saying. But I was like, I think he's saying he's from the Obama campaign. And he wants to set up an interview. And I was like, how is this happening? Well, I'll tell you how it happened. Again, nothing really happens by chance or out of the blue. I had been a superstar volunteer at the local Planned Parenthood in Charleston. I had gone to lobby on the Hill, or not the Hill, but in the Capitol um, in Columbia, South Carolina. And I had gone to some rallies and I did phone banking and all sorts of stuff for them. So apparently this had gotten my name on a potential hire list for the Obama campaign. And within a week... I had a job offer to move up the road to Wilmington, North Carolina to work for Obama. Now, yes, I'm a young millennial and Obama and the hope message. I totally, totally wrapped up into that. So this job was beyond exciting for me. But I knew for personal reasons, it definitely came with some serious setbacks. So Wilmington was an even smaller town than Charleston, 
had way less Jews. And I knew from the beginning that my life would be the campaign. And so I knew dating in any serious way probably wasn't going to happen. I would be living and breathing the campaign, or so I was told, which ended up being true. But I saw it as a way out of my job, and I knew the job would be temporary. I'm like, okay, so can I put dating and getting into a relationship off another year, do this job, you know, get some more things on my resume, and build some connections within the campaign that could land me potentially a job in DC or New York or something like that, which of course is where I wanted to be. So on day two, or by day two of my new job, I learned just how grueling life was going to be on the campaign. My day started around 9 a.m. and really even earlier as the election approached and didn't end until at least 9 o'clock. But finishing at 9 o'clock on the dot was a rarity. And this was seven days a week. The only time I got off was Sunday mornings. Now, one thing I haven't mentioned yet in this series is that for most of my adult life, I was always trying to lose weight. Now, to be clear, I was never actually overweight. In fact, I was pretty physically fit. I taught fitness classes for many years. I had worked out ever since high school, but I was obsessed with counting calories on my fitness pal and working out every day. And a big reason for that is a part of me believed that all of my dating problems and relationship problems could be solved if I lost just five pounds. Now, said out loud, I would have known that's not true, but I very distinctly remember looking longingly at what I would call, quote unquote, a skinny girl thinking, oh my God, I bet she can get any guy she wants. She has no problems. I mean, it's crazy, but that's literally what I would say to myself. So of course, a part of me believed that my dating problems could be solved if I lost just five to 10 pounds. But being on the campaign was the first time in my life that I wasn't really dieting or wasn't trying to lose weight or counting calories. And mostly that was because there wasn't time for that. I didn't sleep much. I was lucky to get home before 11. I was up, you know, before seven to get to work by nine. Exercise was a luxury. If I could get away in the afternoon to exercise, I did. And I ate what I could. And when you're on the campaign, that usually means fast food, whatever the volunteers bring you, which is usually pizza and cookies, maybe some brownies, or just something super quick I could make in the kitchen like spaghetti. I lived and breathed a campaign. I used to actually crave, especially when we got towards the end of summer and early fall, and I would be canvassing or doing something like that. And I would just crave what it'd be like to sit on the couch and just watch a movie with nothing to do but relax. You know, all those people's homes that I was I was knocking on their doors, and they were just sitting at home relaxing. I'm like, Oh, my God, I want to be you so bad right now. And I would crave or fantasize about what it'd be like to go to a happy hour at 5pm rather than have to phone bank every night from 5 to 9 p.m. So I was working all the time and I was exhausted. And then November 6 came and went. And just like that, everything was over. And for months leading up to the election, I had fantasies about the day after the election. I'd finally have nothing to do. I could just sleep. I could just relax. I could just do nothing. And just the simplicity of that was what I wanted so, so bad. I was literally drooling over it. Being on the campaign, I had never experienced exhaustion and constant sleep deprivation like that in my life. But despite that, I just thought once the campaign was over, I would just veg for a week and then would be able to bounce back up and get back into my normal routine. And I'd feel totally normal and fine, just like I did before I started working on the campaign. 
So I was back in my mom's house probably by mid-November or so once things got wrapped up and I was still tired. I had no energy for anything. Looking back, it's kind of ridiculous to think that everything would just go back to how it was before the campaign. But that involved counting calories and being scared of food and exercising all the time. And at that time in my life, I just had no energy for that, especially considering that I needed to find a job. So a lot of my time and energy that I did have was spent for looking for a job. I want to take a quick pause here to remind you that if you haven't already, you've got to block out an hour on your calendar and check out my workshop, The Five-Step Strategy to Banish Anxiety and Overwhelm in Your Love Life, so you can attract a fulfilling partnership and live a life of purpose. It's completely free, and in the workshop, I break down exactly why you're in the dating pattern you're in, how to take the confidence you feel in the rest of your life and apply it to your dating life, and so much more. If you like my style, philosophy, and how I coach women on the show, this workshop will help you get started in your own deep work. And for those of you who want to understand the why behind what I do on the show, I even dig a bit into the science of love so you can start to see real change in your own love life. It's really all my best work in one place and you can access it right now. I strongly believe you don't have to spend years in therapy or read every dating self-help book to dramatically transform your love life. Grab your seat over at veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop. And now back to the show. Now in Charleston, I had had some friends who were vegan and they posted all the food they were eating. And I remember laying on my couch or my mom's couch, I should say, in my mom's house, stalking the crap out of what they're eating because they were just posting all the time. And maybe it was because social media was newer then or that's when being vegan was trendy or posting what you're eating was trendy. I'm not really sure, but I was stalking the crap out of what they're eating. And the food looked so amazing. And I was surprised because I'd not, I'd been a vegetarian off and on for a good part of my life since high school, but I was, I had never been a vegan. And in fact, you know, cheese is its own food group. I love cheese. I'm not a vegan anymore, by the way, but at the time, what was really so intriguing to me was their relationship to the food they were eating. So yes, they loved the taste of it, but they were getting a full sensory experience out of the food. They literally were glowing and energized from the food that they were talking about and posting about and then eating. And food for them wasn't something to be feared or something to be counted. And that seemed to me what I needed at the time because that seemed doable. Having that kind of relationship, something that actually energized me rather than just drained me of energy by counting the calories, that's what I wanted in that time. So I decided I wasn't going to diet anymore and I would just be like them and be a vegan. Now, again, at that time, I thought, you know, my way to get to that relationship with food that they had that I wanted, I thought being vegan was the only or at least the right route at the time. I think there's lots of ways and I, and I like to believe I still, for the most part, have that type of relationship with food where I really do feel like the food that I eat can make me glow or feel energized, but I can do that without just being a vegan. But at the time, that's what I needed. I needed something to follow to help me change my relationship to, or I needed a plan to follow to help me change my relationship to food. And so that's what I did. I became a vegan. And the thing is, is that the end of dieting for me had been the one missing piece since my healing year with my therapist. And in fact, we didn't really talk about 
that that much because I was so entrapped with the emotional stability or my emotional stability with my past relationships. But body image and believing I just needed to lose five more pounds was something I never really resolved until I was literally just too tired to diet anymore. And eating food that I loved and making it a full sensory experience and making it fun and creative and figuring out fun ways to make a vegan grilled cheese or a vegan, um, I don't know, cheeseburger or whatever was so fun. And it was an incredibly profound way for me to practice self-love because I wasn't battling the calorie counter. I wasn't doing jumping jacks in my living room so I could quote unquote afford a glass of wine. I wasn't battling my body anymore. I was just simply nourishing it. And the food felt nourishing and it served me in a way it had never served me before. And it was a super welcome change. It was a very welcome change, but albeit a little bit weird for me too. And as I was going through this food transition of being vegan that fall after the election, I had finally gotten what I had hoped for for years, which was a job offer in Washington, D.C., So I packed my bags, got an apartment, and started my job in D.C. with one goal in mind. Find a nice Jewish boy. And that's exactly what I did, but not without a major setback first. So more on that next week in my fifth installment of How I Found Love. One more thing. You may be wondering, but Veronica, how do I start doing the deep work? I'm ready to make a shift. If that's you, I recommend you start with my totally free workshop, Five Steps to Ending Overwhelm and Anxiety in Dating. The good news is that you don't have to do all the things to find love. This workshop will walk you through the five big shifts that'll give you the biggest bang for your buck. You'll learn a step-by-step game plan to finally get unstuck and unblocked in love and end the cycle of dead-end relationships. You'll learn the number one reason most highly successful, motivated, and ambitious women struggle in love and what you can do to make sure it doesn't happen to you. You'll learn how to figure out the real reason you're attracting partners who aren't emotionally available or toxic or just simply not on your intellectual or emotional level. And you'll also learn the single most effective way to tap into the inner confidence you feel in your career and elsewhere in your life so that it'll carry over into your love life and of course, a lot more. If you're ready to shift things in your life, I seriously can't wait for you to get your hands on this. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop to sign up. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find the show notes to this episode and all previous episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and take a moment to rate and review the show. It really helps. I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.